Hey everyone, we're back with the District 3 podcast. This is actually episode 119, live from the historic Springdale Civic Center. My name is Irvin, and uh, we're back with a guest who we've actually had on before. Uh, I think the very few, uh, the very first episodes actually. Uh, so it's been quite a while because we're now in episode 119. Uh, it is Contrast Low, aka Big Low. Thank you for joining us. What's up, bro? What do you What do you go by now? Mm, mostly low. Low? Is yeah, it, so you went like, from contrast to contrast low, then big low, and then you just dropped like, the big. A lot of people, like, up here, it makes me feel good when people call me low or big mm-hmm. low because it means they know me from music. Mm-hmm. But, like, where I'm from before I moved here, when I was, like, how was I? I was 13, then I went back. 14 was my first year, my first full year here. Like, where I'm from in Jacksonville and Little Rock and stuff, everybody called me big low. Okay. It's in my name. It's like football since a kid. I was like 10. Yeah, so everybody called me Big Low. And you, we went, I think we did go, we went to high school together for one year. I was oh, a, uh, I was a senior and you Did you graduate were, in 2010? Yeah. Okay, one year. So we went to high school for one year and that's kind of where I, where I met you. Um, and then you started um, making music. When did you start making music actually? I wrote my. I could always like like rap and do jokes how they doing wild and out. Mm. Like I wrote my first song, my first verse, it was Mr. SHS eleventh mm. grade. Okay. Yeah. That was the first time I actually wrote a verse. And when did you decide to actually wanna make this a career and, and, and do music in the future? Mm. I would do it for fun, but like after I made the Bulldog song, mm. I really didn't have a choice. And they play that song all over the place, right? I remember. Yeah, I remember. I went to a pep rally that I was speaking at, um, and they played the song uh, during the pep rally. And uh, they play it during like games sometimes too. Um, How was that? The how did you feel that the school, the Springfield High School, adapted um, and used that school that song of yours for for video? I mean, for not for video games, for for games and just in general and people like really dug it how did you feel about that it was pretty it was pretty cool because like it's just i was in the moment it wasn't really cool it was like nervous like most people like oh my god just want something it was just kind of nervous like okay they're looking at me (laughs) but just to see it like still going on like right now they have like a good basketball team and like one of their players is ranked in the nation Mm. but he's only a freshman and i went to the practice and while we were at the practice afterwards, Cross Church fed everybody and stuff. Yeah. And they were sitting at the table on their phone showing the other basketball players the song. And I okay. was like, how old were y'all when I made that song? And they were like, we were in like third grade. And I was Dude. like, wow. <laughs> like, when was it when you made that song? 2014. 2014? Okay. Damn, it's been, it's been eight years. Yeah. And it was like, most people think I just made it. It was just like, when I went to the game, it was like, love for like the younger ones is like little bros and stuff yeah and that like specific team i always knew how good they were gonna be yeah. like when let me see reek was a sophomore when i did it mm-hmm. when he was in eighth grade i was like okay when reek gets up here with dj and then josiah went to cabin and he came back and i was like oh when they all because my ninth grade year josiah and dj were seventh graders but they played up so I knew all of them, and I knew they were going to be like, man, they were going to be real good. And Coach Stamps always wanted a song, so I just made it one day. I didn't expect it to be 
but it was gonna be. It was pretty good, man. I remember because I think you you like you go into details on the players on the yeah. song. You include you include like different names of people, um, and I think that also kind of made it like even more people were like, okay, I I know this person, I'm friends with this person, and they're yeah. all in the song. So it kind of it's kind of like more hype, you know, when you hear the names of, of people that you're going to school with in a song, and they're using it for for games and stuff. Um, you ever think about like? Making a a new version with like the names of of newer players that are on the probably team. Probably in probably in a year or two. It would make sense, right? Yeah, I think just just so people can continue using it, and the school should pay you for yeah. that. Because <laughs> I should mean, be like, oh man, the school should give you some money for that. Because I mean, if you're gonna be, <laughs> they did me dirty last mm. time. <laughs> but uh, but like, it's a cool thing, you know, yeah. to to be able to say that you know a, a school a school that you care so much and that you. Um, you know, you represent deeply, um, continues to use your, your song. It was like, and a lot of people don't know, even before I made that Bulldog song, like, like I was always, like, that passionate, like, that person. I never yeah. sat in the student section either in school. Like, I was always with the parents doing it, like, mm. running to the other coach bench. Like, mm. Harvard would call Springdale and tell them to get me under control, like, doing rivalry week <laughs> and everything. It, the rivalry was crazy, man. I, I do remember whenever... The first basketball game I ever went to, it was Springdale versus Harbor, and it was at Harbor. And I, I think I remember that, like, even some of the stands were broken or something like that. Like, it was so it was so intense that, like, the Springdale students were, like... Yeah, it became a tradition. And and there were there was dance battles on the ground. Like, people yeah. were, like, uh, were breakdancing, and and uh, sometimes they got kind of racial, too. It was, it was sometimes yeah, where I was, like, yeah. okay, that's a little bit too much. The other side wearing sombreros and mustaches. Yeah, we and, like, have... No Actually, because my whole thing was, like, my senior year, my sophomore year was cool. I was at ALE first half of the year, and junior yeah. year was, like, horrible, like, mentally. So, like, my senior year, I was, like, I'm going to make sure, like, I'm going to just do something every day to make it fun because I knew I wouldn't get in trouble. Yeah. I did a lot of stuff that I didn't get in trouble for, and they're just, like, go sit in the office to you, like, cool. So, I was, like. If I just start being funny with it and just obnoxious, like, they're not going to do anything to me. So, like, I made it, like, fun then. One day, we were just talking about before it start about the different generations, how it used to be in Springdale. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say it then, but I got somebody, like, accused me of something one time, like, said I was going to do something to them. And Mr. Jinx told me, he said, you're our unofficial student president. Like, Mm. you can't do that. And... Mr. Rollins and, you know, you know, Mr. Rollins and Mr. Wesson. I know you know what Mr. Wesson is. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Wesson told me there used to be a sign on the bridge, like, that said, like, no colors allowed. It was a sun, the sun, when, when Springdale was a sun downtown. Yeah. And then, like, they all told me in the office, it was like, it's amazing to see somebody of your race be the most popular guy in school. Mm-hmm. And you don't play sports or anything. Yeah. So, like, I always had a chip on my shoulder, like, yeah. as far as, like, Springdale, so I had to represent it because... That's the culture where I'm from. Like, we go to games until we die. <laughs> like, yeah. and we run on the court. <laughs> like, all type of stuff. So, like, I just bring the culture and stuff because we're the only school up here that actually had a real culture. Yeah, and I remember that you, uh, you're talking about, like, most popular. You would interact with so many students of different races. Yeah. Um, and you would, I think you'd probably try to your best to go to all, all the sports games, right? Yeah. I, I feel like at, I would see you everywhere. Yeah, I was at choir. I went to choir concerts. I went to the plays, like, football games, basketball games. Even soccer. I remember our senior year, there was a pep rally. 
and well, you graduated in 2012, right? Yeah, 2012. That was the year that the soccer team won like the like state number, championship, yeah. I think? They were like number nine in the nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I that. I remember we had a pep rally, and I'm all about culture. Like, I'm like, whatever is the best thing. And they introduced the soccer team, and the pep rally was so loud that they, I was like, why haven't they been doing this? And I had already knew Nelson and everybody, because, like, they're all my age. Like, so I had already knew them. And I started, like, talking to people, like, they told me like they're ranked like number nine in the nation. I was like, huh? Yeah. So they're like when they explained it to me, I was like, why don't we like support them more? So I told my friend KD, yeah. I was like, hey, let's go to a soccer game. And we went to the soccer game. Like he's from Texas, so like he's been around Hispanic people and stuff all his life. So it was loud. They had the little noisemaker mm-hmm. things. I was like, this is cool. So I went to school that next week, and I told Mr. Jinx, I was like, why don't you make? announcements about the soccer team like it's the best thing we have yeah and he made an announcement and like i remember going to the next soccer game everybody was there and they actually won conference against fayetteville yeah our last day of school and that was after senior pranks and everything and we rushed the field and i remember uh fayetteville's coach was like they should rush the field and uh springdale's coach was like you yeah, um you know how to keep him from not rushing the field and he was like how and he was like win the game Mm. <laughs> that's cool so let's play one of your songs um, just so people can kind of hear a little bit of some of the music that you made uh, this song is called uh, My Diary can you tell me a little bit about that song it's when I worked on the album it was like my outro song and okay. I wanted to make a song cause like Bulldog song Kyler song all of those are like they're like cool no cussing and stuff but like yeah. as you grow in an artist and like you make it the bigger like there's a lot of politics going on like yeah just the reality of it like nobody wants to hear a lot of songs when you're not cussing or yeah. anything in the club so like i'm make sure i'm never like really vulgar in my music anyways but like mm-hmm. my diary was like it has like a couple cuss words but i kind of like said them but i like blank i like said like the first bit of it and then yeah. it was like one of those songs i was like okay I can do this like my old teachers and stuff can listen to this and stuff. So that's <laughs> so this the for one. teachers. Yeah, okay. that was like the outro of it. Okay, so we'll be hearing uh, the first song is "My Diary" by Big Low. We'll be right back after this music break. Thinking about the peace, I be wishing we could talk. 
Damn, I miss LaBrie, we was good friends, but we fell off I'm shot at what he did, that shit made me feel so lost Stand on ten and handles, just like a boss Christian said it best, you gotta remember who you are Stacia said I'm blessed, you gotta remember you a star When they put you to the test, they see your talent up the park Tats up on my flesh, I got them covering up my scars Gotta focus on myself, it's time I cover up my heart Putting hours in the stool, my mom, I swear I'm going hard Can't control what they do, I can only play my part Only play my part, focus on my goals Family ask for money, I can't tell them no I've been on the road, I just killed a show My two youngest siblings, man, I barely even know Stand up on your pivot, keep it G, you cannot fall When Miss London had lost peace, I pray God bless her soul And he wasn't on my son, but she felt like she lost her own And it ain't been the same since Chaney texted to my phone Stand on ten and handles, just like a boss Richard said it best, you gotta remember who you are Stacia said I'm blessed, you gotta remember you a star When they put you to the test, they see your talent up the park Tats up on my flesh, I got them covering up my scars Gotta focus on myself, it's time I cover up my heart Putting hours in the stool, my mom, I swear I'm going hard Can't control what they do, I can only play my part back that was my diary by uh, Lo who's joining us here today um, there's so many more things to talk about uh, do I call you Lo I think I'm just gonna call you Contreras because that's that's what I know you as but for those that, that don't know you Lo yeah, is the name um, Big but, Lo, Contreras, Lo, everybody. but um, we were talking a little bit off the air about how I wish that you would do more local shows uh, do you want to do that? Do you want to do more local shows? Because I know people, you know, that support you the most are here in Springdale. Of course. That's pretty much, that's pretty much what the issue is. Yeah. Um, like, let me see. How can I put this? When you're, like, when you're passionate about something, okay, so, like, without music, I wouldn't say I would still be who I am in Springdale, but... You knew me from certain things before I ever made my first song. Yeah. So it's a passionate thing. I tell everybody. There's like two people walking around him around here with Springdale tattered on them. Yeah. And it's me and my best friend. <laughs> so like, when I see people say, "Okay, like we're supporting the local scene, and we're gonna do this," and then like the people that they put on the showcases have no business putting on like being on there. Yeah. And I'm not saying like. I'm not saying like to cut anybody out or anything because they're not as good. Like, as everybody deserves their chance, but at the same time, like, look at the NFL. You're not gonna just be decent. You know, you have to be elite to get that trial to even yeah. get a trial. You have to like any job. Like, if you're gonna be a radio host, like nobody's gonna be like, okay, he's he's not really that good, but let's put him on anyways. Yeah. No, like. The brand and the image is important. So with me being one of the only ones that have branched out and I've been in other states, like I've been in a meeting with an AR and I've been like talking to the DJs in Little Rock and stuff and the way they talk about the music scene up here, like they're trying now 
but they don't take it serious because of some of the talent that's on there. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the shows in Fayetteville was more about the person who's throwing the show getting money mm -hmm. than it was to like actually provide a platform because you don't really live. You get people to send music in for the show, but like you don't really listen to music. Not you, yeah. but they don't really listen to music in their spare time if it's not a person that's being their homeboy. Mm -hmm. And I knew... At first, it's how I thought, but somebody actually told me recently that they're in the position they are because they kiss more butt than me, mm -hmm. and I don't know how to like I don't know how to do it because I have personal relationships, and it was like even a situation like with Springdale, and that person was basically saying like, um, I know such and such over there, I can get in good with him, and he can like open that door for me, and I was like, and I'm like, hold on now, like. Don't think of it as an opportunity like you're going to use somebody to get in over here yeah. because, like, the thing about Springdale, we're more family-oriented. Like, mostly everybody knows each other, you know? Mm -hmm. That's like like Mr. Eddie. Like, mm -hmm. I would say that Mr. Eddie is the most successful, like, mm -hmm. as far as the Hispanic people. Like, yeah. me and his daughter are best friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I've met his mom. Like, I've mm -hmm. met I've met everybody, like, saying most of his family and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like it's like family oriented. It's like people, and he was he didn't like. Okay, I'm just gonna do this to get a lot of money. Like he mm -hmm. actually cared. Like mm -hmm. he's hands on in the things that he runs. Like yeah. even Mariano, Mariano could just run the gym and not show up every day and just run it. Like they're very hands on with the things they do. Yeah, shout out hunger and action. So like yeah, got to get that in there. So mm -hmm. music wise, it's not that I don't want to do the shows. It's just that I take it more serious. So. If I see, like, some stuff going on, it's like, you know what? I don't even want to be a part of that because it's gotten to a point now where it's like I've seen DJs that won't put me on shows, like, at on Dixon. And if they're not DJing, they're standing in the line at the club. Mm -hmm. And I walk right past them and go yeah. in. Like, you know, so it's like one of those things, like, I can show up to a Springdale basketball game and, like, the kids going to see me. They're going to ask to take pictures. It's just, like, taking a show. Like, I stay relevant. Even, like, Eastdale brand. Mm -hmm. That's why I... Let's talk about that. That's why I ventured off into that more because it was like for the culture and it was something like, okay, I can actually love. So it's like a clothes brand? Yes. And uh, you're doing it with who? His name is KD Jones. Okay. And um, we were talking about how you owe me a sweater. But <laughs> before the show, uh, those are some really cool sweaters. I remember I saw, do you have uh, two colors? Is it two colors? Uh, we have. Oh, we have. And where can people see them? If they, can, they, can they still purchase them today? Uh, and they're actually working on getting the website set up now. Okay. Because we couldn't do the www.eastdale.com because someone owns the website domain. Who owns that? That's exactly exactly like. Well, I guess it might be some other Dell, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's not Springdale. KD said he thinks somebody's messing with him. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so he thinks somebody's messing with him. So, uh, Harbor Game, the basketball team actually all came out in Eastdale shirts because okay. we took the Bulldog mascot mm -hmm. and it has a black hoodie on it and it has the it has an Eastdale hoodie on with a basketball yeah. in his hand and the coaches and the players came out with the shirts on. So we we spent a lot of money on like yeah. stuff. So we had we have hoodies, crew necks, we have black t shirts with the white Eastdale. We they have, look so nice white Eastdale with the black white t-shirts with the black Eastdale we have now we're doing the black hoodies t-shirts and a uh, long sleeve in the black and the white with the bulldog on it and right now we really just been like giving it away mm -hmm. so 
to get it out there. It was like, okay, you'll lose, we'll lose money right now. But like, you gotta get some end, influencers up there that can that can post about it on yeah, social media. Yeah, and, and stuff, it's like you know? the bigger picture is not just like a clothing brand. Is movement. Ten years ago, there wasn't as much traffic in Springdale as it is now in the mornings or in the evening. It's gonna get bigger too. Yeah, we didn't have these many roads. You know, it was so. In ten more years, it's gonna be really like. Yeah, it's gonna grow. So I don't know if you remember Miss Henson. I believe so. She was an English teacher at Springdale. Mm-hmm. She graduated. She, uh, I said she graduated. <laughs> she retired <laughs> she a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> she retired, but she's been helping with the mission statement and everything. And like our goal is to like shout out Miss Henson. Basically, do like something like how Mister Eddie did back in the day, and if yeah. like a company wants to buy the rights to it and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like we'll see how that works because it's like rebranding. Like Emma and everything. I think there is there is a uh, there's a space for that, specifically you know a branding of of uh, East Springdale. I think can be very successful because yeah. I mean, like all the cooler people live in. We're East like Springdale. a little LA over here. Yeah, and I like it. It kind of had that style of like those Los Angeles hats and Los yeah, Angeles, right? Like we got it. <laughs> we like the little LA. So definitely let us know when you have that set up so you can so you can sell them so we can let our listeners know, you know, All so right. that they can purchase them. Uh, and definitely send me my sweater. Uh, <laughs> and um, so you were talking about uh, wanting to do a show eventually in Springdale. Can you talk about that, what the idea is of that? Uh, it's going to happen. It has to be the I right. I know you don't have a set date yet, but... Uh, it has to be the right situation because, like, like when I look at numbers and stuff with my music, like on Apple Music and stuff, I'm like, okay, now I have to make sure it's a good show because, mm-hmm. like, then I have to look at who am I going to put on there because yeah. I really don't want to promote anything but Springdale artists because they always have showcases and stuff in Fayetteville. Yeah. They, they always do that. And as far as, like, there's some artists around here, like, probably one, two. They're, like, more known. Like, they'll be more known, some, like, on YouTube. But, like, Apple yeah. Music and stuff, like, I have the bigger numbers. And, like, when I go out, like, I'm just a genuine person. Like, they actually, that's a thing. That's why I make it seem like I don't try as much because other people, I feel like they have to do music. Like, that's their dream. They're going to do music and do music. They have to do it, do it, do it to get their name out of there, out there. I can just walk out and speak to people because, like, I've been like this, you know. Yeah. So that's the thing why I'm saying, like, they go as hard as me because, like, I'm not going to do this as as long. That's why I've been around a label and I don't sign any paperwork or anything because I'm learning stuff. I want my own label. And in the end, I'm going to be a teacher at Springdale High. Mm. Is that your goal? Yes. Is that what you want to do? I don't care how rich I am, what mm. business I own. Like, at the end of the day, I'm going to be a teacher. <laughs> like, mm. so... That's like my dream, but it has to be a, like it has to be a spring deal. I feel you. Yeah, that's cool, be. man. That's so cool. I think a lot of us, you know, are kind of in here, are wanting to stay here for the long run. You yeah. know, there's a lot of opportunities. I know I've had opportunities to like go out of state, but I don't want to go out of state. Like I want to stay here in Springdale, and I want to help make it better, and I want to help make it more inclusive. Um, so that people can kind of, you know, feel more comfortable here. One of the people that. that I think about a lot, you know, specifically the black community and the Marshallese community, I feel like there's still so much more that can be done for these two com- communities to feel more welcome and feel like this is their yeah. home. Because I feel like us Latinos, we, we have so many of us here that we've been able to create our own things and kind of force ourselves into into the community and uh, and just build our own thing. But there's still a lot of need uh, within the black and the Marshallese community 
um, to just make them feel more welcome and make them feel like, like you know, the, Damn, for them man. to know that they have a voice here in Springdale too. I can speak more on, I can't really speak on the Marshallese community, but I completely understand what you're saying. But as far as the black community, with me, I have to hold them accountable too. Mm. Because they have this attitude of, I'm not from here. Mm. I do this. My family from such and such. I'm not from here. But you've been here most of your life. And yeah. that's like, like right now, I would say, I can say it. I have more control over the black community than anybody. Not the mm. older, as far as the younger ones. Like, yeah. on down. Like, I have more control. Like, I can say, hey, don't do that. And they're going to go, oh, okay. Or more influence. Yeah, like, yeah influence. I can yeah. talk to them. Like, okay, I listen to him. Like, there was a situation recently, like, somebody came up to, like, I was a younger Springdale dude. They introduced and He was like, this my little bro. And then he was looking like, I'm not your little bro. And, like, he came and told me. He was like, I don't like how he did it. Like, he not you. Yeah. <laughs> so, with them, it's more, and that's how I am with the youngest. I'm, I'm holding them accountable. So, like, some of them have this ego. I'm not changing who I am. Like, my little cousin right now, he plays for Springdale, but he's been in Little Rock most of his life. I didn't see him from the time he was 3 to 14. So, he's, like, he has this it's like this attitude. I'm not changing who I am. Bro, just pull your pants up real quick. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, so with me, when you're black, you have to understand white people have privilege. Like, yeah. they have privilege. So the best way for you to get in the door is for you to have some of that privilege. And if you look at me, KD, and people like that, we're the black people we weren't like I wasn't always good it was just I had some type of privilege because it was like okay he knows how to act or like he's he has a voice or he's just so I was like I was just telling like my younger friend he's like I can do this and I was like no you can't like you're not me like if you do what I did like they're gonna get you you're not in the situation I'm in it's like recently somebody like performed at the Martin Luther King Day Parade and Mm -hmm. they were cussing Mm -hmm. after the thing and I was like you can't do that. Like, see, that's the first thing right there. You're going in with an attitude of, I don't care. I'm being real. But, like, sometimes, like, even with who the lady we were talking about before, yeah. sometimes you're going to have to tone it down because they're not going to say it. They're already scared of you. Mm. So, like, what's best if I get in here? I think I was talking about somebody with Trump, like, how Kanye is always, like, Kanye's so messed up in the mind that everything becomes a game to him. And, like, I love psychology. I studied psychology since a kid. Like, Mm. people like him, like, things really become a game to him. So, like, I kind of felt what he was saying as far as Donald Trump. Like, Mm. what's going to get accomplished? Me saying F him or me going in there acting like I like him and having a conversation (laughs) with him so he can think I'm on his side. So, like, I'm I'm one of those people. Like, some people don't get, like, they have to tone it down. And I feel like with the Hispanic community, so, like, we have a lot of people, like, that don't have papers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So now they come in with the attitude. Their parents, like, hey, just get through school and go to work and just yeah. stay under the radar. Don't do this. So with them doing that, they've created their own culture. They've created their own business. They've created everything because they're going under the radar. Mm-hmm. When the black people come, they want to just, I can't say what I want to say, but, like, they want to act like certain things, and it's like, no, bro, like, you can be yourself, but at sometimes you're going to have to grow up and be able to communicate and be able to talk. That's why I do it. Like, if I get in trouble at school, they like me because I was able to communicate my feelings. Like, yeah. okay, he understands. Like, he's being passionate about something other than this because all our lives are different. 
being here. Yeah. If we were still back in the hood and everything, we would just be another person. Unless you were, like, real good in sports. And if you didn't make it after that, eventually that goes away. So that's the thing with the black community. And they're going to have to stop having the attitude. Like, it's all about them because they're strengthening numbers. And when you do your research and you go back from history, not all of us are from Africa. Not everybody's from Mexico. Like, if you go look at Mexico and then you go look at New Mexico, Arizona, California, a lot of places. You're going to Texas and you're going to, like, this can't be America. Like, they just yeah. took a whole bunch of land and just <laughs> claimed it and said it was theirs. I do think that a lot of it is generational trauma. Have you heard of that before? Yeah. It's like, of course, you know, your ancestors, what, what they had to go through. Um, and then, you know, that trauma, that oppression, it does go down generations. Like, people either act a certain way because of what their ancestors felt. I know I can relate to that. You know, like, yeah. there's a lot of, you know, being a brown person in America there's there's been a lot of racism towards us too not not in any way close to what the black community has done but i see it in myself and in in, my, in people in my community you know that they're still dealing with that generational trauma um and we have to like break that that curse and that trauma that we have so we don't pass it on to our next generation i think we got along like in our generation we get along more because like you know how they say no sin is worse than the other? Mm. I feel like I feel like we like black people went through more like on the physical stance and everything and like stuff like that. But I feel like it's like equally racist toward because like with y'all like us they can look at us funny, they can do all of this, but at the same time at the same time, you're not gonna walk up to a black person and ask are they legal. Yeah. You're not gonna do that. Like there's literally land here. Like, there's, like, imaginary lines of what can be crossed and mm-hmm. stuff. So, like, who gave you the authority to be God and tell somebody they can't cross this line because they're a different race or anything? And Border, Borders were man-made. Yeah, and I like, and the thing I like about certain things is not that. Jesus like, never said anything about, about it whenever he created yeah, the as land. I got like, older, put these borders here. As yeah. I got older, I started to think, like, Something not right. It's like even with Muslim people, like from Iran and everything. And one of my friends, he like opened my eyes. He was like, they we they tell us like they're terrorists, but like have you noticed like when they take hostages and stuff, they're mostly white people. Mm. It's them they don't like really. Yeah. And I started thinking about it. I was like, bro, if someone well, look at all the damage our country has done to exactly these if someone you know if someone straps a bum to themselves. And they do it to kill so-called Americans. And they say they're doing it in the name of God. Mm. You had to do something to them so messed up yeah. for them to feel like they even like to do that. So, And there's another factor. I mean, the people that do that, they don't represent an entire, yeah. an entire religion, right? Because even here in America, we have people that, that uh, are mass murderers that will kill a bunch of people mm-hmm. in a school, in a, in a Walmart. And just because, like, one American does that, it does not exactly. reflect everything that so, we like, are. So it's like people always kind of, like, say, always categorize, oh, they did this, so that means the entire Muslim race uh, is, is bad, which is yeah. not, you know? First of all, they're the most, like, their religion, they got, like, one billion people in, their, in the Muslim religion. Yeah. Like, if they wanted to do something, if they wanted to control us, they could, right? I started, like, looking in things, and like, okay, one time Saddam Hussein took 
hostages, mm. and he wouldn't release them to American officials. And yeah. Muhammad Ali took a trip to Iraq, mm. and he talked to him, and he freed the hostages to Muhammad Ali. Mm. And Minister Farrakhan, what's the um, what was the leader's name? He was was it Syria, or Gaddafi or Assad, uh, Gaddafi or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And when Minister Farrakhan spoke of him, when like they always taught us, Minister Farrakhan was crazy growing up. When he spoke on him, he was like, "That's my friend." Like, what you saw on the news is not what really happened. He was like, "They planted rebels inside of his country. Yeah. They made it seem like something else." When he fought back to those rebels, mm-hmm. they said he was killing his own people. Yeah. So it's- on the news, it looks like it's just like, "Dang!" So like, these people are actually friends with them and stuff. So. And I heard time like Michael Jackson was wanted for something in Russia. He had Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. I was like, so I don't think it's really us as a people. They don't like it's our government I mean, and stuff. Like, and, and a lot of countries have reasons to not like us. You know, there's the country of of the United States has gone to so many Central American uh, countries uh, and, and caused a lot of damage. And then even places like Mexico. You know, yeah. if you look at the, one of the biggest cartels in the world. Uh, there were trained military Mexicans, and they were trained by the U.S., yeah. and they eventually became cartel members. So it's They kind of, use you until they feel like you're too powerful for them. And then or, they get mad whenever we're coming to this country after all the damage that has been caused in our countries over there. Exactly. You know? So it's, it's just, it, it definitely gets, gets pretty I deep. Feel like, I feel like they're covering, it's powerful people that they're covering for, because my whole thing about, like, drug cartels, when and I they let me come teach a class for a day at Springdale. And I had mm-hmm. this conversation with the students like, you have a Navy SEAL, and let's say you have an issue with somebody in another country. They did this, and the Navy SEAL go hunt them down. So now you have somebody from a cartel in the same situation. They're acting as a soldier. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Why is it that? Okay, there's going to be... There's other countries where drugs are legal. Like, yeah. So, why can't they just work something out and say, okay, it can be this many companies as far as drug production because yeah. it's, it's going to happen. You're not going to stop it at all. If yeah, you think, it needs to be legal. If you think here. you are, like, you're so crazy. Not, so, it comes down to a choice. Like, why don't they let drug cartels run themselves like corporations that sell oxycodons do, mm-hmm. uh, like opioids, basically? So, like, why don't they do that? It's something going on. They don't want power being somewhere, and it's like the or same thing. Just legalize weed, and yeah, and like, even be, weed. Like, the I power was, doesn't have to be given to drug cartels. I seen cartels. a documentary and a sheriff on there. He was like, I was like, I'm just tired of getting calls for weed. He was like, I never showed up to. I a don't domestic. even think that like we need to like specifically give the power to drug cartels just because like you know they still kill people. Um, but I think legalizing. I think weed, the violence would stop if they don't have to hide everything, and then because then it would be some type of like, like some people like El like El Chapo. Mm. You can look at El Chapo on the surface, who he killed and all that, but in a sense, he was a genius because he didn't just have his own cartel. Mm-hmm. He took multiple cartels yeah. and put them under the same umbrella, and he created a collective. Now he's gone. Someone else is going to run it. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there was somebody else who really ran things besides him. Probably his kids are running So. Yeah. 
there's what he did. I feel like if things are legal and they told them like, okay, y'all get together because there's going to be a lot of money. Yeah. You can do this, you can do this, and you can do this. Dun, dun, dun. Because, like, they're killing people. We just yeah. don't know about it. Yeah. Opioids, you think there's not an investigative reporter or something <laughs> who's come up missing yeah. and everything? In like, Mexico happens all the time. Yes. Definitely, I, I definitely agree that weed needs to be legalized. Uh, I think that would help a lot. Sure, there's always going to be cartels that are going to move on to the next drug. No, that's not available in the country. But we can start somewhere, right? And uh, there's too many people in jail, too. For possession, way too many people. If if we would free the folks that are that are in jail for possession, we could have so much more space, you know, and we wouldn't have to build See? bigger jails. Because I feel like we're always, I'm not gonna say we, because I'm not part of this, but there's people in our area that want to build bigger jails, and specifically because there's a lot like, of people with possession in same, the jails. Same concept with the cartels about making the drug business like legal or letting them mm-hmm. run it. They, I know somebody right now who got 14 years in prison because they found like 100 pounds of weed and everything. Mm. So, yeah. What's the difference between the dispensary and him? Yeah. God, it's not, <laughs> one, of them, one of them's not government controlled. Yeah, so it's just, like, what's the difference? He's probably giving you more pure product than they are. Yeah. So, yeah. like, what's the difference? Yeah, we, we, we moved a little bit to the side of talking about, about you, uh, Big Low. Um, and I, I do want to just kind of touch base on like what your uh, next, what what your plans are for the future in regards to music. I'm about to do a show soon. Okay, so that's the goal right now is yeah. the show. Yeah, I'm about to do a show soon. And where can people listen to your music if they wanted to? Are you are you on a pla- all platforms yet? Or? Yes, I'm on all platforms: Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, Title, all that. Okay. Big low. So for the folks that are listening and uh, and book shows. And you know, or, or artists that want to collab with you, where can they find you? Where can they reach out to you? Instagram, social media, Instagram, Kentrez underscore Low, or just type in Big Low. Okay. And you'll see it, B I G L O W E. And finally, uh, any any final words you want to let any young people that are listening that want to become uh, rappers, specifically in Springdale, any kind of advice that you give them? Hmm. And you can think about it. Cause Work on your craft, and quality is important. Like, mm. it's easy to record at home and everything, but, like, if you don't, at least send it to people to get it mixed because that's the first thing they're going to listen to is quality. That's that's the most important thing is quality. That's, I'm big on quality. That's probably why I don't record as much as a lot of people because mm. I put a lot of money into my sound. Like, everything has to be done professionally and everything so that's really basically it quality okay and there's gonna be things you're gonna have to interact with people outside of music and stuff like developing personal relationships networking yeah networking building bridges okay well i'm excited to see what you do next and hopefully we can work together on that concert in springdale like i said i I would like to do something that involves voter registration or something that empowers uh young people in our community so uh, definitely look out for that for everybody listening Uh, That was episode 119 of the District 3 podcast. Next week, we'll be joined by artists Jasper Logan and Bing, which I'm also excited about talking to. So make sure you catch that next week um, and hope you all have a good rest of your week. (laughs) 